Greetings. It is an honor to celebrate Mary Magdalene's feast with you. My hope is that you will also fall in love with her and the other women who remained faithful to the end. I am so grateful to Catholic Women Preach and Future Church for this opportunity. There is so much to share, but first I want to give credit to some scholars. I am drawing on their work. Sandra Schneiders, Barbara Reed, Carolyn Ozick, Carla Ricci, Francine Cardman, to name a few. They will help us answer these questions. Who is St. Mary Magdalene and where do we find her? Clear answers are in the four canonical texts. There is also rich detail in other texts, such as the Acts of Philip and the Gospel of Mary, but I today would like to stay focused on the, on the canon accepted by the institution of the Catholic Church, because there is a lot there about Mary Magdalene that most Catholics rarely see or hear. Now, in the first century, women's names were rarely recorded, so it is significant that at least three women are named in the crucifixion or resurrection scenes in all four gospel, gospels. We know their names because the early followers believed the testimony of Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, Salome, Mary the mother of James and Hoses, and the other women. In fact, Luke, Luke opens his text promising an orderly account handed on by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Mary Magdalene and the other women were, were exactly some of those reliable witnesses. Their testimony was needed for a complete telling of Jesus's life. And their stories were told over and over by the earliest first century followers of the way. Today, we can honor those first century storytellers by delving into their narratives to discover striking images of the meaning of discipleship and a prophetic witness. For me, two of the richest narratives are Luke 8, 1 to 21 and John's resurrection. Luke introduces Mary Magdalene in chapter 8 earlier than any other gospel. Jesus is pressing forward in his ministry into Galilee, and Luke tells us, quote, the twelve were with him as well as some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Huzza, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who supported him out of their own financial resources. In Carla Ricci's analysis, Luke says, when Luke says, the 12 as well as some women, he establishes the women as a group equal and parallel to the 12. Also, these three women who are named were healed of evil spirits and infirmities, and so they are privileged witnesses. They have experienced Jesus' healing firsthand and were invited to follow him, which is very rare. A, a word on the exorcism of the seven demons. This indicates Jesus' power over a debilitating internal illness. It does not mean that Mary Magdalene was filled with the seven deadly sins, as Pope Gregory I claimed in the sixth century. That error inspired medieval legends and created a damaging legacy that still lives on in art and popular culture today. Later, in chapter 8, the story of the Gerasene man possessed by a legion of demons shows clearly that demons in the first century context did not imply sexual sin. And so back to Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. Here we see 
three independent women who supported Jesus out of their own resources. They have left their homes and everything behind to follow and support his mission. Jesus moves forward, the 12 and the women follow. So Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna are present for the rest of this gospel. Imagine them at Jesus's side as he explains the parable of the sower of the good seed. You know this parable. The good seed falls on different kinds of soil, rock, or dust. As Jesus explains the last two examples, he warns that the seed that falls among the thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked with the cares and riches of, and pleasures of life. When I hear this, I remember my own petty judgments and fears that waste time and distract me from doing service. Yet there is hope. Jesus then, at the end, reminds us that we also have good soil in our hearts. We can be the ones who, when we hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna, I believe, knew that the good seed was growing in the fertile soil of their heart. Luke ends this section emphasizing the need to hear the word and act on it. Jesus teaches us that no one would light a lamp, that is, hear the word, and then hide it under a jar or under a bed. And he declares, that is, Jesus declares, that his true family are those of us, you and me, those of us who hear the word and do it. I hear him tell us, tell me, to have the courage to show up and shine like Mary Magdalene and the other witnesses with a patient endurance. A final note on Luke 8. Here, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, and the many others are clearly identified as faithful, generous women who came up from Galilee with Jesus and supported him out of their resources or out of their means in some translations. It is striking that Mark and Matthew also identify Mary Magdalene and the, other, and the others in this same way. This identifier appears four more times in the crucifixion, empty tomb, or resurrection scenes. Not one of the women is remembered as a sinner. Now, moving into the resurrection, Luke and John's resurrection scenes are exquisite. I cannot do them justice here, so I urge you to explore Carla Ricci's work for Luke's and Sandra Schneider's for John's. But there, and there is so much in John's resurrection that is never heard by Catholics and not seen in almost any art. So my heart takes me there to explore the essential elements with you. So here, unlike the other gospels, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb alone the stone has been removed. She runs to tell Peter and the beloved disciple, and they go to the tomb. Peter enters, sees the burial cloths, but no dialogue is recorded. In verses eight to nine, the narrator says, the beloved saw the cloths also and believed, but that, but that they, quote, didn't yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. The meager fare in those nine verses is all we hear on Easter Sunday in the Roman Catholic lectionary. We don't know what the beloved believed or if the beloved told anyone. The rest of John res John's resurrection, verses 10 to 18, is never read on a Sunday. So let's stay with it, just as Mary Magdalene did.
In verse 10, Peter and the beloved leave the tomb, and in contrast, Mary stood weeping. She stayed in the confusion of her sorrow. This tomb is the last place she saw Jesus. It is now, I believe, the holiest place in her life. And at this moment, the only place she can be. And I'm sure you know that feeling. Her tears are honored. Angels appear. She asks them, where is my Lord? They don't answer. So she turns away, but doesn't stop asking. She sees Jesus and thinks he's the gardener. He asks, woman, who are you seeking? She does not recognize his face or voice, but asks again, this time asking for his body. Jesus finally knows she's not leaving, and he calls her by name, Miriam. Now she knows him. She is seen and can see. She can see this man, that this is the man who taught and healed her. She responds, Rabuni, my teacher, the only time this version of rabbi is used in this gospel. This shortest of dialogues reveals their relationship as proclaimer of the word Jesus and hearer of the word Mary. And she is about to take on his role. But before she can, before she can approach him, he commissions her to speak in his name and says, Go to my brothers and sisters and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to, this, to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Throughout the fourth gospel, people asked, Where are you going, Lord? Where are you staying? Here in John 20, we have the answer. I am going to my Father and yours, to my God and yours. But where is that? To me, Jesus describes in these phrases how we are brought into the family of God through the relationships we build and weave between and among us, Jesus, and God our Creator, all sustained by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Sandra Schneider's observed that, quote, this saving revelation comes to us as it did to the first disciples through the word of a woman bearing witness, end quote. The evening of that first Easter day, the day of Mary Magdalene's proclaiming, Jesus again appears in the same room where the disciples were hiding. He does not repeat the message he gave her. He fully expected them to believe her as he fully expects us to believe her today. I believe she stayed throughout the rest of chapter 20. And so she was in the room with the disciples when Jesus appeared that second time, breathed on them, blessed them, and sent them out with the Holy Spirit. I believe she was in the room when Thomas returned and the risen Jesus appeared a third time. Where else would she go? This community was her home. As I mentioned, John's full resurrection, 1 to 18, is never read as a unit on Easter Sunday or any Sunday. On Easter, we hear only verses 1 to 9. Peter and the beloved seeing the burial cloths, no angels, no risen Jesus with a life-saving message. The lectionary then assigns verses, verses 11 to 18 with Mary's powerful witness on, to Easter Tuesday and to her feast, which is always on a weekday. And so 
Mary Magdalene's powerful role in the resurrection is hidden from most Catholics. What do we do? To me, now, we who are committed to the full gospel, we must be the storytellers. We who are the people who can keep John's resurrection story alive in our hearts. We can preserve and promote the memory that the risen Jesus selected Mary Magdalene, called her by name, commissioned her to proclaim in his name, and that she did. We can ask pastors and presiders to read the full gospel on Easter Sunday. We can read all of John 20 with our friends and family. Tell it like a family story. It is part of our history. Get your children, grandchildren, nieces and nephews, students, etc., to record it on TikTok. Write to the Vatican's Office of Divine Worship. Tell them we want the full gospel on Easter Sunday. Commission art to illuminate and bring forward your favorite images to the world. Never stop seeking. We must preserve and pass on Mary Magdalene's pivotal role in bringing the resurrection to us. If our bishops, cardinals, priests, and pope cannot see her, can they see me? Can they see you? Without her witness, where would we be? Amen.